Hello, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. No glasses. I'm going no glasses today. Ooh, I'm going glasses. I'm going no glasses. You're going glasses. You're going bespectacled. I'm raw dog in it. I Ooh. really, I was like, <laughs> I, my brain was going, don't say that, don't say that, don't say that, don't say that. <laughs> here we are. But here we are. It came out anyway. It's wonderful. Show we talk about things we like, things that we're into. Um, I'll tell you what I'm like and what I'm into is unconsciousness, sleep, rest. The where, is this your where small wonder? Dreams, yes, my small wonder. I feel is, like we've definitely used it as a small wonder. Of course wonder. it is, but <laughs> here we go again. Here, it's not even a small wonder, nor is it a wonder that I would sort of discuss at length on the show. It's just great when you can rest. When you don't have to be awake <laughs> uh-huh. and doing stuff, and uh-huh. you can instead be un un unwake. Yeah, that's a new way of referring to it that I've come up with. It's been pretty rough ride around these parts. Yeah. I would say for a little bit now. Yeah, we just—I mean, our, our listeners of the podcast will know that we almost never have any kind of backup plan for anything we do. So we have no fail safe. If something doesn't go exactly as it's supposed to, we, it throws our entire like pendulum off, off, off its axis. Yeah. Pendulums have axes. I I think you looked at me like, did I say something wrong? But I think, I think you're totally in the clear there. Yeah. So sorry, this episode's late. Um, but it, but we are doing our, we're doing our darndest. Yeah. I can say that much. And yeah. I can also say, uh, we should do real small, real small wonders. I, yeah, we should. Do you got one just off the top of the head? Oh, you know, this is a, this is a tricky recommendation. Uh-oh. I'm, do you even want to make it? I know. That's what I'm trying to decide. I'm watching the Netflix show Inventing Anna. Okay. And it is a it is a Shonda Rhimes joint. Okay. And I think more than the story itself, I just I really appreciate the way Shonda puts a story together. Yeah. Because we are we are looking at this con artist from this journalistic angle of like the journalist is hunting down the story, a la like all the president's men. Yeah. And I love a good journalist story. You do. Uh and good so, night and good luck. Is another one. That's one. Um, what is the, what is the other Spotlight. one I'm thinking of? Spotlight. Yes, that is the one. Uh, I, just, I know all of them because I am a journalist. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, and yeah, and so I just I I just finished watching that show and and I and uh, I liked it. Okay, good. That's about as tepid a seal of <laughs> approval you can give them, but that's great. Uh, I'm t- I I'm all about this game, Elden Ring. It's the latest game for my favorite sort of currently active game developer. Is this the one that takes a hundred percent of your attention when you play it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I okay. mean, most games do require a certain amount of attention to be paid to them. But sometimes it's... I can talk to you and you will look up from a game. This is not that game. Uh, no, I don't play. I mean, I play this on my computer. I don't usually play this in your oh, presence. Oh, well, yeah. you're playing something else in my presence lately, Joe. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's just so big. It's yeah. It, I keep having conversations with people, and by people I mean Russ and Chris and Justin yeah. on the besties about like it, it, I'm having a hard time not calling it the best game I've ever played, and it's hard to sort of put that wow. recency bias aside. But it's like I'm I am perpetually excited. Can you by give me it. a comparison, like a frame of reference that I would know? Uh, Sky. How do you know Skyrim? I mean, I know Skyrim from you playing it. Yeah, yeah. like huge, huge, huge okay. open world, but also incredibly difficult. And like requiring, uh, 
yeah, a like okay. level of pr- like practice and banging your head against it to like make progress in a way that is like so satisfying. Huh, okay, uh, it's phenomenal, so good. Uh, not everybody's cup of tea, but I'm, I've, I'm very glad to have it. Uh, and yeah, I go first. This listen, we're coming in hot and heavy with this week. We have like exactly one spare hour. Uh, and so we are going to try and do this episode. So my prep on this one is almost non-existent. So I'm going to speak from the heart. That's good. We should be doing. We should be doing that. I went to my first Renaissance fair this past weekend. Oh, here we go. I went to, oh shit, what's it called? The, uh, the one here in, uh, or I guess oh, outside of Oh, it's Robin Austin. Hood related. The Sher- Sherwood, Sherwood Forest. Forest Renaissance Fair. Yes. Uh, it's a big deal. They've been doing it for a long time. Uh, it's like... 50 minutes outside of Austin. So it's not like really in it, but it's huge. It's a huge sort of thing. And I took Henry because it seemed like the kind of thing he would be into. And he was pretty into it. And we had a a really nice time just walk around all the different sort of uh, shops from the different shopkeeps and their various <laughs> trades. Griffin told me about his uh, elaborate decision-making process around whether or not he would say good day back to people. Yes, yeah, so the first, I rolled up there, <laughs> and you didn't have to dress in the garb, which is good. I don't think you ever have to. I mean, I think there are some where the role-playing is sort of okay. more enforced than other places, but this is a very, like, uh, visitor-friendly thing, uh, the the Sherwood Forest Fair. Uh, and yeah, because Henry was wearing like a Space Jam T-shirt, so we weren't even <laughs> really trying. Yeah. Um, but he had a lot of fun, just sort of like walking around at the different like shops. So there were like, here's a person who makes toys out of wood, and here is like an old timey candy shop, and yeah. Uh, we watched like a blacksmith do some stuff, and we saw some big ass horses that Henry was quite quite afraid of, <laughs> but they did cool tricks and stuff like that. Uh, and he was really into it, but there's something about sort of this, uh, having a spot where it's just sort of agreed upon anachronisms that you are volunteering yourself into, right? This idea of like, I'm going to cross the threshold of this place and be in another, another time. Uh, and that is, that is inherently very cool. I don't know why it took me this long to get in there and do this yeah thing. i was I, surprised when you told me you'd never been to one i it's not my there are lots of different types of like nerd culture uh-huh and this what it represents is like not mine and and that's not me yeah. i i hope i am not doth well, protesting think, too much i think it's interesting that. because you are somebody that role plays quite often um, just through the nature of your job. Yes, but and, there's a difference, I think, between doing that in telling a story and doing that in like in, in like inhabiting, right? Yeah, inhabiting is the word I, I think exactly. I would use because like I don't I I've never cosplayed before really and and so that I was worried that I would feel like an outsider so when I showed up at the very first like shop and someone was like good day I was like hello hello (laughs) because I didn't feel like I would be able to say a good day that hail and well met because I didn't want that like I don't know what comes off as here I am with my son in his Space Jam t-shirt. If I come back and I'm like, mm, fare thee well, is, are they going to think I'm like making fun of them or something? Oh, okay. But I also realize that is folly because it's like, 
they could not have more of a home court advantage yeah. in this in this place. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say, as somebody who went to Colonial Williamsburg uh, as a young person, yeah, and really enjoyed it, I kind of get the immersive quality of it. Like, like there's something about it. it's like when you go to a good theme park and they really like set up the area as yeah. like a particular place. Yeah. Like there, there is something that I like about really getting to like be in the space and, yes. and, and, and the hope I guess is that you are transported in a way. Yes. Uh, so I, I get it there there. It's, it, it was really fantastic. I have very strong feelings about like cons and conventions Yeah, I bet. because I've been to a fuck ton of them. Yeah. Right. And there are, there is a, a, a kind of empowerment that comes like part and parcel with a, a specialized sort of convention where people who don't usually have the opportunity to be enthusiastic about a very specific thing in their real life now feel like they are the ones with like the ones in charge, the ones yeah. with, with the ones with clout, the ones whose yeah. like like interests and skill sets will be acknowledged in a way that they won't outside of this pocket universe that they create for themselves, right? I have, I've seen that break bad in a lot of ways. Yeah. I've seen it break bad in, in ways where that turns somebody into like a real dickhead yeah. or create like a really toxic environment. Yeah. But at the Renaissance Fair, it feels like everybody's just like, I don't have another opportunity <laughs> to leathersmith for you. Yeah. Like, I am a Fletcher. This is all I, like, this is it. This is the place I come to Fletch. <laughs> and there is something really kind, there is something really great about that. It yeah. just, I don't know. I, maybe it, it that's not true for every Renaissance Fair. And, you know, everybody's different in the way that they react to that level of you know, uh, empowerment. That is a really good point. It's difficult to go somewhere and see a craftsman crafting just in your daily life. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, for, for, for sure. It's, yeah. and I, th especially for a kid, right? Like yeah. I am pretty far removed from the concept of like, how did this thing get to me? Like, yeah. how did the, how did the, uh, you know, on a sort of wild example, like how did my MacBook <laughs> get made. <laughs> to, but to like simplify it like the glassware we use to drink out of like where'd that come from i don't know but we can go see a glass blower at the renaissance fair and it's yeah. very like one-to-one -one. and i think there's something very cool it about that cool. uh especially for for kids um plus you know sword like sword fighting like there was a little part of the of the ren fair where people were larping and there was like a boundary for it or it was like, this is where you come to fight. Don't fight in the non-fighting areas. So we could just kind of like stand at the perimeter and be like, yeah. they're fighting. And that's cool. <laughs> um, I don't have a whole lot prepared sort of uh, about Renaissance fairs. They are sort of a creation of the mid-20th century, like post-World War II. People got yeah. into like medieval music, like early folk music and sort yeah. of the the... the uh, obviously, that is a early, early predecessor to like the folk revolution that came about in like the sixties and and what have you. Um, but there were just a few people who were like, "Hey, I like this," and so it there there came sort of weird, fancy parties. Uh, there was the in nineteen fifty seven. There was a folk musician named uh, John Langstaff who held what was called the Christmas Mask of Traditional Revels in New York City. Uh, which was essentially like 
a medieval folk festival. Uh, and then he threw another one in Washington, D.C. the following year. And I feel like sort of parties kind of branched out of that that grew bigger and bigger and bigger until we got sort of the traditional Ren Fair that a lot of people saw that happening in these major sort of cities and said, hey, that's what I want to do. That's the thing that's been missing from my life is medieval culture. And so let's all go out into the forest and just like, you know, joust. Uh, And I think that that's great that they have found a place, a place to do that, a safe place to do that. Yeah, well, what you told me, which I didn't realize, is that it is not just Renaissance cosplay that you will see at a Renaissance fair, which I did not realize. The first Renaissance fair was held in 1963 by an L.A. school teacher named Phyllis Patterson, who held it in her backyard as a class activity in the Hollywood Hills. So I like, like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, she called it the Renaissance Pleasure Fair. Uh, which was actually a fundraiser for a radio station. And like, it just kind of like Wayne stock grew out of grew out of that too. Um, So yeah, Ren fairs. There's I'm sure that like, there are lots of people listening to this going like, yeah, man, duh. Like, yeah, man, Ren fairs. They're dope. Go eat a big turkey leg. I did not eat a big turkey leg. You did not. Because I'm worried about my sensitive tummy. I did eat a sausage on a stick. And I will say that Henry was very pleased with the quality of the French fry that he received. He ate a, tradi- he ate a traditional <laughs> medieval French fry that he enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, we ate lunch. I ate my sausage on a stick and he ate like a corn muffin and uh, some French fries. A very healthy lunch. <laughs> while we watched a man in stocks have tomatoes thrown at him. Uh, and it, that's a, I mean, you can't beat that. No. You genuinely can't. That's perfect. He got worried. He was like, I liked when the man who was having the tomatoes thrown at him made fun of the people, but I didn't like when he got hit with the tomatoes because it, I bet it hurt. And I was like, they were hollowed out. Although there was like an eight year old kid who must be like on like the star player <laughs> of his like minor league team. Cause he lit this fucking fella uh, 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 up like right in his face over and over again. Ooh. It was. <laughs> it was brutal i could see at a point where the crowd kind of turns and is like wait after the first one the dude in stocks was like okay okay good throw and then he started to like flinch for the first time as he got <laughs> buffeted anyway uh ren fairs get get there do them if you live in austin the the sherwood forest one i think runs every saturday through april and it's a good time then can i steal you away yes cool Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? (laughs) It's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. (laughs) Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, There's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? (laughs) Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. 
So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia <laughs> Styles episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain Got a couple Glumbo Bramps here, and this first one is for Ben, and it is from Sarah, who says, Ben, gosh darn it, you're my wonderful thing every day. You're the best cat dad, friend, partner, and gamer boy a girl could ask for. One day when science finally gets its act together and makes Pokemon real, I'll get us a Gengar to show my appreciation for you, but until then, this will have to do. Love your butt. XO, Sarah. That's a big, scary ghost. Okay, I was going to ask if you could tell me what a Gengar was. Gengar is like one of the scarier ghost type Pokemon. He doesn't really, I think he's He's even, not cute or cuddly in Not way? at all. He is also part poison type, I think, maybe, in the most recent generations, I want to say, that might be BS. But it does seem to me like this is a, a real spooky situation <laughs> that they've got going on over there. And I love it. You know, their love seems very pure and good, but you don't want a big, it's a big ghost, like a big ghost. Anyway, you want to do the next one? Yes. Uh, This message is for Rosie and Casey. It is from Lee to Rosie and Casey of Wash, D.C. A silly poem from your good friend, Lee. I just wanted to say meeting y'all was a joy, bonding over our love of the family McElroy. Two years later, with your friendship, I'm blessed. The best silver lining from the ongoing unpleasantness. But all that's to say, I think y'all are rad, and I can't wait to see all the adventures we'll have. Delightful. I mean, you are the poem sort of expert. Uh-huh. How's that? Because I felt like I had great meter. I like family McElroy. That, that's inventive right there. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. You twist, you put a twist and a spin on mm-hmm. it. And that's what art is all about, isn't it? And rhyming blessed with unpleasantness. That's, and I, that's next level shit. Yeah. That's some shell silver. I have to learn some other poet names. How do you not know poet I'm sorry. names? <laughs> Most game shows quiz contestants about topics they don't even care about. But for 100 episodes, the Go Fact Yourself podcast has asked celebrity guests trivia about topics they choose for themselves. And introduced them to some of their personal heroes along the way. Oh my gosh. Shut up. Oh, I feel like I'm going to cry. Oh, my stuff. 
It's so exciting to meet you. Join me, Jake Keith Van Stratton. And me, Helen Hong, along with special guests DJ Jazzy Jeff and Faith Saley, plus some amazing surprise experts on the 100th episode of Go Fact Yourself. And join us twice a month, every month, for new episodes of Go Fact Yourself here on Maximum Fun. It's the dramatic conclusion of Minority Corner with your host, James Arthur M. Yes, that's right. After seven years, this will be the end. Will James and his guest co-hosts solve racism, homophobia, and sexism? Will James end his longtime feud with Jennifer Hudson? Will someone get married, turn out to be an evil twin? Will James and his guest co-hosts talk about news, pop culture, history, and all things nerdy? Probably. Yeah, that's probably the one that will definitely happen. Find out on the dramatic conclusion of Minority Corner right here on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. Minority Corner, because together, we're the majority. What do you have prepared for me, Doth, my lady? So much like you, my topic was uh, put together mere minutes ago. Good. So we're going to kind of take a journey together, okay. I think. Okay, okay. Um, I am basing a lot of my content, one might say all of my content, off of a Fast Company article that came out in 2019 called The Secret History of Cletus, Fox Sports' Bizarre Football Robot. This football robot mm-hmm. means I, I have, so much to me. I have a little video this is not like just some of Cletus's greatest. Yeah, just hits. in case you weren't familiar, this actually isn't like his greatest hits or anything. I just in case you weren't familiar about who Cletus the football robot is. Yeah, he kind of he he's a, a robot, um, like big animated. bulky robot, heavily armored. I would say who like in between plays will kind of dance and hop. Uh, well, he's on the stretching, side of the isn't he? He's like getting limber and like kicking his, his legs, getting them ready for the sports that the other people are about to do. Yeah. Uh, Cletus, the football robot, it's an incredible story. Um, <laughs> and so I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Cause you know, I mean, here at, at wonderful enterprises, uh, we love a good mascot. We love sports too. <laughs> All of them equally. Uh, oh my gosh. Process. So speaking of, so the <laughs> Cletus, the football robot had a Twitter account, uh, Cletus- an official one or a goof one, you know, it had 12.6 thousand followers. Did it have that blue check? Did, did Twitter no, authenticate? No, but it was 2013. It joined in 2011. So I don't know if you could really get the blue check super easy back then. Fair, it fair. has not tweeted since 2013. Oh, okay. All that to say, I got excited. Like, ooh, I'm going to bet this is really funny. And it is so football that I don't even know what I'm looking at. Like, it says... Here's March 14th, 2013. When hearing hashtag Ed Reed was visiting the hashtag Texans, hashtag Ray Lewis immediately broke into tears. No idea. I don't know anything about don't football, anything and that is impossible. That. That's so deep. I've heard some of those names, maybe. <laughs> another another one from that same day. The hashtag Dolphins have been the biggest offseason winner so far. Enjoy that, Finns fans. It won't last long. Oh, so this one was a interesting. Shit. Yeah, the Twitter account is a little spicy. So I imagine if you know football, this is like, whoa, whoa the this, mascot's saying that? This uh, Chiron <laughs> robot. Uh, okay, so this came about Fox uh, got the NFL football rights away from CBS in 1994. 
1995, Fox Sports was kind of putting together their brand, like their look, which was very like kind of futuristic. Like if you yeah. think about Fox Sports, it's all like metal and gears yeah, sure. for some reason. Um, and then in 2005, CBS comes back and signs another NFL deal. And at that point, Fox is like, okay, like we, we need to, we need to make this our own. Like we need to wrestle this back. So oh, wasn't it that CBS had like Sunday night football and yeah. Fox had like Thursday night football? Like, yeah. It, it's so fucking weird. Again, I'm not a, a football expert. Yeah. Um, so somebody with influence at Fox, uh, who was with his son, who was seven or eight years old at the time, who, who had drawn a picture of a hybrid football, uh, robot player slash cowboy. Awesome. Wait, <laughs> like Dallas Cowboys, the football team or like he had, like I mean, I can show you the horse. picture. I don't see the cowboy in this picture. Uh, I, that is a great, that's a cool drawing for, a. <laughs> That's like a that's like some old D and D like in this art. Fast Company article they have the original sketch. Uh, I also just on I like unironically unintentionally said drawing. Do I say that word like that? Because that's the first time I've ever noticed myself. And maybe it's because I have monitor headphones on. Draw, draw drawing. I said drawing. Oh. Do I, I usually say it like that, or I don't was think that so. just an? I don't think okay, so. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh. So, anyways, this drawing uh that his son did he kind of thought okay let's let's maybe explore this idea of a character synonymous with the fox logo that gives us the authority to interact with the viewer that gives Uh, us the authority to interact with to to like engage them you don't have to make this make sense you don't have to make the thing they said make sense honey you don't work for fox sports thank you Thank you. Uh, And so they just kind of kept going with it. The chief strategy officer at the time had developed branding for Starbucks and thought like, oh, a mascot's a great idea. Like a a mascot is a way to kind of do advertising and and connect with the audience. Right. So they just kind of kept going with it and, and sketching more formally what this robot would look like. And then the 2D sketches became 3D uh, and then they hired a studio to handle the motion capture. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Who did they use for the mocap? Um, it said uh, they hired Blur Studios to handle the motion capture for special effects, helmed by co-founder Tim Miller, who has since gone on to become a major director with Deadpool. Whoa. And I mean, I was asking, did they use like an actual football player for, for oh, mocap? Oh, so that's what, they, that's what they said. They used green-suited actors to perform all sorts of things the robot might do. That's good. Which include pointing, flexing, and taunting. Yeah, you got to have the, the real deal <laughs> in order to get that kind of action accurate. So they just kind of, they just brought it up on the screen like they just made it part of it they didn't address it they didn't do any kind of big campaign around it they were just like hey here's, here's this, a fucking football robot handle here's this it. robot <laughs> and then it kind of became more of a thing that they played with like they put the robot in costumes they wrapped him in christmas lights had him throw a snowball uh programmed him to mime put him in a hula skirt uh <laughs> always using a motion capture actor to act out the performances. That's great. Uh, they have so much money. <laughs> Did nobody at that point just go, you guys have a lot of money, don't you? To make the robot do very accurate hula dance. Right. They even started having him interacting with branding. So they had like the Burger King King 
interact with Cletus oh, at a certain point. Oh, man. And then the Twitter account that I mentioned. Uh, Fox, I didn't realize this. Fox also tried out a NASCAR bot called Speedus. <laughs> I need to see Speedus right now. Yeah, I didn't actually look up Speedus. Let I'm going to look up Speedus. Let's do that in real time. Show me Speedus. Twitter. Google, show me Speedus, please. <laughs> Let's see. I mean, Speedus just seems like a car. There's a series of NASCAR mascots that I'm looking at right now. I'm looking at a Vimeo. That's just a bunch of jets. The, oh, the oh. jets are transforming into NASCAR cars. <laughs> Which one's Speedus, though? There's Speedus. The robot is driving the car. <laughs> the robot is driving the car. I, I mean, Speedus just looks like Cletus, but he's driving an automobile. Uh, when Fox signed the UFC in 2013. Oh, uh, Beatus? Yep. Did I really get it right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes! Uh, they said uh, the person who was interviewed, the EVP of marketing, said, in retrospect, we should have left that one on the cutting room floor. What, Beatus? The beating <laughs> robot? Yeah, I think that one probably could have. Apparently, Beatus resembled a, what they say in the article, quote, B-list manga superhero with fierce red eyes and well, two big boxing gloves. Well, now I gotta look clothes. up fucking Beatus. Damn it. That's he made multiple appearances on TV, in the studio, and at events, not just as a graphic, but as a live-action mascot, a person wearing Whoa. a Beatus suit. <laughs> Whoa. Beatus looks dangerous. The music is very Beatus. Look at- Whoa. Whoa. That's a dangerous robot, Beatus is. Whoa, get him, Beatus. Wow. <laughs> cool. Hey, who do you think would win in a fight? Cletus, Beatus, or Speedus? Ooh. <laughs> I mean, what kind of fight? Right? Because if it is As a- if it's a racing fight, Speedus is going to take the cake. You're right, honey. I didn't even think about that. Can we think of one more? Oh. I mean, there is the band Weedus, but there that's is a real Weedus. thing. Yeah. <laughs> If Fox had some sort of penile health oh, show, you could just have meet us. Um, well, you <laughs> go ahead and keep talking, but I will not be paying attention because I will be thinking of more Edis robots. Okay. More recently, Cletus got a um, kind of a rebrand. Um, he got what they refer to as a Gears of War makeover. He was given Whoa. bigger shoulders and a Ken doll waistline. Do you understand that reference? I don't, okay. I don't know what that means. It's a it's a shooter game franchise where uh -huh. the characters are notably unimaginably thick. Like <laughs> big 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 fucking boys. Big boys. Uh they decided at that point on his real world size for the first time. Whoa. Uh, give me that. Give me the, those give me those stats. Uh 12 to 17 feet. <laughs> big boy that's a big cletus um i don't know if cletus is still around or not it sounds like he died nine years ago because he I, hasn't tweeted since then i don't i haven't watched enough football to really no uh, god no to say for sure um we watch one sport and it is hockey which is robotless tragically tragically robot uh, what 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 edis could we do for hockey yeah, I mean, there's 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 puck and there's stick and there's ice. Skeetus, if we were. <laughs> or for skating. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is hard. Here we are making fun of Cletus, but let, let's all admit here that this is hard to do. Yeah. 
So that's, I mean, that's, that's Cletus. This was parodied a lot at the time, um, just on a variety of like talk shows, because I think this was really the first time, you know how now you always see the banner at the bottom and the little characters from the TV show are like moving around to get your attention. This was kind of the first time that was really like happening of like, here's this guy inexplicably moving around while you're trying to watch something. Uh Uh, and so that was, that was parodied a lot on like various talk shows, but, um, I think it's great. I think it's good. I think it represents a pure time where people were people were like, "What? What are we? What's going to give us the edge over our competitors?" And the answer was a CGI football robot. Yeah, Cletus. So Cletus, I again, I don't know if Cletus is still around. This would probably be easy to figure out. But who's got the time? <laughs> um, but he has worn uh, Beats headphones and done cameos with Ford trucks. Good. So so there is a lot of co branding happening. Beats, I know, wasn't too long ago. So I imagine that he. Maybe he's What's still around. Man? Who knows? We we the football season I think is over for a little while, but we'll keep an eye out for this <laughs> robot. Where's NASCAR happening? Where's Speedus? That's my question. I'm sort of a Speedus head. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Thank you to Bowen and Augustus for use for our theme song. Uh, Money won't pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Thanks to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Um and. Thank you to you, my wife. Oh, thank I love you. you. You're, I love you too. You're, you did a great job today. Thank you. You and, did too. Uh, you do a great job every day. And we have merch at McElroy Merch. We're going on tour. There are still tickets on sale. There are tickets on sale. If you go to McElroy.family, we did have to move our shows scheduled for this month in D.C. and uh, Detroit and Cincinnati. Uh, very, very sorry about that. Uh, I think those are going to be in November now. All the dates, I'm terrible at remembering all of those, uh, but they are all on sale. Uh, and you can find them at McElroy.family. And I think that's it. Sorry again for being late and then coming at you with, a, let's call it pretty informal heat, where we talk about <laughs> things we like about Ren fairs and then a football robot. <laughs> I think it speaks to my exhaustion that I can't think of a single other Edis robot. And it, that that breaks my heart. <laughs> I feel like I've failed you and our listeners by not thinking of another Edis. I mean, we haven't said fetus. <laughs> You're right, we haven't. That would be complicated. I don't want to think about really what that mascot would be for. Yeah, because you would think like for feet, but then also fetus is yeah, a word. Uh-huh. Hedis is another one. Hedis, but what For like it? a Hell's Kitchen maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Mm, we're not going to get there. Yeah, so, that's okay. But that's okay. Sometimes you just got to walk away. Uh-huh. And that's what that's what we're doing, right? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.